This is the Idea Time Show, Idea Time Show with Dr. Joe North, helping facilitators expand their creativity, confidence, and impact through the power of innovation in action. Gain confidence as a facilitator, confidence with the technology, and confidence with your content and event design. Tune in every week for practical tips, strategies and interviews that will accelerate your personal and business success. And now, here's your host, Dr. Joe North. Hi there, welcome to the show. It's such a good one because I'm speaking with Ian Anderson Gray. And Ian is a brilliant, confident, live video and podcasting expert. He's also the founder and CEO of Seriously Social, which is brilliant. He knows all sorts of things about blogging and social media. And we're going to talk about how to be really confident in front of the camera and confident live. And he's going to give us loads of tips tips on things we can do and also some tips with the tech and it's going to be a great conversation. So Ian's going to join me very shortly. He's also a professional singer so he can give us some tips on voice and and how we use it and things like that. So I am going to learn so much from Ian. So Ian welcome to the show. Please tell everybody all about you, what you do and why is it that you go live? I help uh, entrepreneurs, business owners, corporates to not just go live, but it's getting confidence in front of the camera, confidence with the technology and confidence with the content and marketing, what you say. Uh, and my background, I did train as a professional classical singer and I use that side of me, but also my love of technology and my background in marketing to come together to, to help business owners with that. Well, in, very, in many ways, I could have been called the reluctant live video guy because I remember the first time I went live, I was really nervous. I only went live because I'd written this article about live video and how to go live to Facebook Live. And it was it was going really, really well. It was went viral, basically. Uh, but I felt such a hypocrite because I was talking about it, but I wasn't actually going live. So I had to, what's the phrase? I had, I had to basically do it. And since then, I've realized that live video is perfect. It's the perfect antidote to recovering perfectionists like me because I might have to edit and, and stop and start my pre-recorded videos, but when it comes to live, you can't do that, can you? You live and you yeah. just have to get on with it. So yeah. that's one of the reasons I, I can be consistent with my content. And also it allows me just to be me and be authentic because it's very difficult to be inauthentic and live at the same time. They're the reasons I enjoy going live. So I really enjoy the interaction and the comments and the questions and, and things, you know. But like you, it can be so time consuming to think you've got to create the perfect video or the perfect piece mm. of content. And I think that's less and less important. People want to see, you know, it needs to be competent and, you know, good and interesting, lots of great content and all of those things. But I think people want to see us for, for who we are. That's yeah. so important. It's so time effective, isn't it? And I think as well, People have been a bit iffy sometimes about getting in front of the camera, haven't they? I think it's improved actually since, you know, since we've all been doing Teams and doing remote working and Zoom and, and all of those tools. But what is it about being in front of a camera that can make people freeze a bit or feel uncomfortable? Well, I think the pandemic kind of got us all to whether we like it or not, get in front of the camera. And I get it. Like my reasons for struggling in front of the camera may be different to yours, but some of it comes down to people judging us, uh, people not liking the way we look, the way we sound. This is particularly the case with live video. We can't always see people 
people's expressions. So that makes it almost even worse. Whereas if you're in person, you can see each other's expressions. The camera is just this energy sucking device that just makes us feel very strange. We feel like we're having to perform. We feel like we can't just be ourselves as well, that we're having to put on a performance. And I don't know whether you ever felt like this, Joe. Uh, I certainly do. Even today, at the end of a live, and I, and I press end broadcast and I switch the camera off, I do a bit of a sigh. I go, ah, because... Yes. Yeah. Even today, it just it still feels like I'm expending a lot of energy. Um, so I think those are those are some of the reasons why people struggle with it. Yeah, I think you're right. And I can remember the first time I went live ever, and it was a few years ago, and it was only to Instagram. And I had a handful of followers and thought, right, I'm gonna go live. And I went live on Instagram. And somebody, it was Nigel, actually, from York. Thank you, Nigel. And I saw Nigel was watching and I was on and off like a shot, you know, just very quickly wrapped up and got yeah. off as soon as I could. But it's one of those things, isn't it, that we, we need to practice. And I think you're right. And, you know, in so many Teams calls, Zoom calls, where people are actually watching as well or participating with cameras off. So sometimes I'll work with really large groups and not everybody's got the camera on. So even mm. though they're there and you know that they're there, sometimes you can't see them. Yeah. That doesn't bother me so much. And I've got ways of, of making sure people are engaged, but it can be a bit off-putting, can't it, when you can't see people. But it's a really important executive leadership business skill, isn't it, to do well on camera? It is, because we can't get away from, from that these days. You know, we might be meeting back in person now, but the world has changed. We are having to do a lot more hybrid events and we're not necessarily flying off to other parts of the world for meetings so much we're doing things remotely so you have to be able to get in front of the camera and if you can do a good job you might be quite a shy person you might be an introverted person you might be quite nervous about these these things but if you can get in front of the camera it allows you to create that real human connection and that's a, that's a huge plus and I think if you're not able to do that, then it's something that you, I think everyone can work on and everyone can improve. And it's going to be it's going to be really beneficial to you. You get great feedback as well because you can watch yourself back. What I like to do is watch myself back, not because I enjoy it, because I really, really don't. <laughs> but I leave a bit of time. So I've, when I've forgotten about what I said and what I thought I said and all of those things, and then come back and look at it quite dispassionately with a, a fresh pair of eyes and try and give myself mm. a couple of notes of things to do differently next time. So far from perfect, lots to learn, but just try and keep improving really. But what tips have you got to help people with that? I know you've got lots of things and advice that you can give to Yeah, them. yeah, there's loads. I mean, that thing that you're doing, watching yourself back, is probably one of the most difficult things that people can do. And I think it's great that you do it, Joe. I, I like what you said, give it some time. Maybe give it a few days. Don't watch it straight away. But the other thing that you need to do, and I am going to be totally honest here and transparent, this is something that I used to really struggle with. And I'm a lot better now, but it's still, if I'm not careful, uh, I, I struggle with this. And it, it's, we can be really hard on ourselves because we look at ourselves, we hear all the nuances, all the little bits about ourselves. And often we can just, re we, we can get squeamish with that. We don't like it. Somebody said to me that it's those bits, those little idiosyncrasies, those little bits that you don't like about yourself that actually other people do. It's those bits that make you different. So I've tried to embrace those 
I recommend watch it back with somebody else who's going to help you to be kind to yourself. Because if you were your camera confidence consultant, so you could hire somebody like me to be your camera mm -hmm. consultant. But if you are hiring yourself, and then you end up slagging yourself off and saying, that was awful. You just look like an idiot. What, what would you do to that consultant? You'd sack them. Don't do that to yourself. So th th there's a few things that you can do to make it easier for you. First thing is, I, I really like the idea of using Instagram stories. Because the great thing about Instagram stories are they only last for 24 hours. You can edit them, but just start to kind of maybe talk about what you're doing in your business throughout the day. The, the reason that I recommend that is, first of all, that only 50, well, it's longer than probably longer than 15 seconds now, but just keep them to 15 seconds and then they're going to disappear after 24 hours. So it's just a great way of, of playing around and testing. And then do, do what we're doing today. Go on a Zoom with a friend of yours and have a chat. That's what we're doing today. Yes, this is live. This is a, a professional show. But the, the way I think about this is, is Joe and I having a little chat. But if I was to say to myself, this is an incredibly important show that's going out to the whole world. Everyone in the whole world is going to be here. Then I'm going to start to get really scared. But just see it as a, as a chat. The other thing that you can do, there's lots of warming up exercises. And this is my kind of singing background here. The, the, the first thing I would recommend is I like to stand for these because that allows it gives me a little bit more energy. But if you're going to sit down, just make sure that your posture is really good, that you've got a straight back and that you're really breathing into your sides, into your lungs, using a diaphragm, diaphragmatic breathing. I'm going to get all technical now, but that that's, I think, really important because if you start to do that, that's going to help you. That will make you less nervous and help you with your breathing. And then the final thing, and this is in a way, actually, I think this is probably the most important, and that is to get out of your own head because this is not actually about you. This show is not about me. It's not about you, Joe. It's about the people watching. And we are here to give you, the watcher, you, the listener, value. And so often we're just obsessed by ourselves. And it's not that we're psychopaths or, or narcissists. It's because we're just nervous. We're wanting to do our best. But think about the audience. They don't really care if your hair isn't quite working or maybe you press the wrong button on your stream deck or I don't know, something got, they don't really care. As long as you are sharing your knowledge, you're being real, you're being entertaining, that's what matters. So yeah. get out of your own head, focus on the most important person in the room, which is your audience. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think it's the self-consciousness, isn't it? And yeah. by doing things more, you feel it less. I've got a long way to go in terms of my learning in front of the camera. Well, we so, all do. But, we all but, do. We're yeah. constantly yeah. learning. And you've been you know, an amazing help in terms of giving me the confidence to do some of the things that I've been doing. So thank you for that. I'm standing. And as you were talking then, I know you were talking about when you're sitting down, but I was sort of thinking, oh, where's my posture? What's my breathing like? But it does make a difference. And I was working with a group of people in an organisation about a week or so ago, and I was helping them with the presentation skills and being confident at presenting. 
fighting. And I had the whole room singing, Daddy's got a head like a ping pong ball, <laughs> which is what one I learned from you. But actually doing the vocal warm up is really important, isn't it? And it's not about singing. You don't have to sing in tune. It's not about being musical or anything. So the song, if you don't know, Daddy's got a head like a ping pong ball. It's based on the music, the William Tell overture. So it goes, Daddy's got a head like a ping pong ball. Daddy's got a head like a ping pong ball. And the, the reason I, I do that is because, first of all, it's funny. It's always good to start your lives or any kind of video with with a smile in your face unless it's about something sad then yeah but you know what i mean so st start off like that uh, and it gives you energy it helps with your diction it also helps with your the the pitch interest so often you'll see people that will speak on a monotone like this and it gets really boring and the energy level goes down like this and everyone wants to fall asleep but with daddy's got a head like a ping pong ball immediately you're putting the energy in your know, daddy's got a head like a ping pong ball you know it's immediately lots of energy and it's fun so life's too short not to have a bit of fun yeah and somebody said but you can't do that just you know if you're at an event because people are going to hear you but you can do it if you're driving in the car on the way there exactly i always felt a bit self-conscious so when, when i was at the i studied at the royal northern college of music in manchester and sometimes it was very difficult to find a room to do your warming up but that did not stop like most of my the students in my year, they, they would go to the toilets and you'd, you'd pass the gents and you'd hear this, oh, sound. And you go past the, the, the women's and it's me, 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 and all this kind of stuff. I always felt a bit self-conscious about that. So I, but th the thing that you can do is, is breathing exercises. So breathing in and out, you can do some tongue twister exercises. So it can be like gibberish. It can be bada, 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 gada, 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 you know, that kind of thing, just to get everything going. And as you said, practice in the car. Just practice in the car. A really good thing that you can do actually is to, it depends on the technology that you have, but you could, it could be a CD or it could be an MP3 or whatever. Um, but just record a little warm up exercise, series of exercises for you. And then you can just warm up uh, and do it that way. Put, put it onto your phone and, and just do that before you uh, go on to do your, your speech or your Zoom or your Teams or whatever it is that you're doing. Yeah, they're, they're great tips. Some of mine when I'm nervous are, I think I have a stars in their eyes moment, so which I probably need to explain, especially to people who aren't of my age or generation. Stars in their eyes, if you remember, it was with Matthew Kelly, a celebrity off a soap opera or something like that, you know, would, would come on and say, tonight, Matthew, I'm going to be, and then there'd be dry ice and flashing lights and all the things. And they would be transformed into somebody who did sort of resemble yes. Mercury on a bad day. But it's sort of that moment that like, right, we're on, you know, and having the switch go on where I feel a bit of anticipation, a bit of nervousness, which I now reframe as excitement beforehand, switch it into we're on now and you know, it's time to do the thing. I find that really, really helps. You know, I'm not a psychologist, but psychologists do say that the emotion of nervousness or fear is very similar to excitement. Yeah. And so if you are on stage, uh, let's talk about stage first, and then we'll move on to the camera because there are some subtle differences here. So you're on stage in front of an audience. If you're like most of us, you'll feel nervous and it, it's because you want to do your best, but it's turning those nerves into excitement in, on stage. And often you'll find that those nerves, you can use those as a springboard to perform your best. Now, I just want to make a slight sideline here. You, you mentioned the stars in your eyes thing. That, that takes me back, Chair. That really does. <laughs> so I, I know this is not what you meant at all, but that's it just reminded me what you don't want is to then become 
somebody else. You want to become you. You want to become a more animated version of you. I call this heightened authenticity. That's how the, these nerves and the adrenaline pumping through your veins is going to help you stay. You're going to be you, but it's going to be more you. There's going to be more excitement there. So that's important. What happens when you're on stage is that the audience, the energy of the room and the audience, you can feed off that. But anyway, you can feed off that. The problem is when you're on camera. Now, at the moment, I can see you, Joe. But even though I can see you, it's not quite the same as if I was seeing you in person. Mm -hmm. And if there was a, a big room of, you know, whatever number of people. And it's because the camera is this energy sucking device. As human beings, I think we're kind of built to interact with other human beings. And although I love video, I love live video, it's not the same. And so we have to take that into account and actually put even more energy into us in front of the camera. We're still being ourselves, but you have to not just double it. You have to like five exit, 10 exit. Yeah. Because what you think is loads more energy probably isn't that much. Mm. And again, this goes back to what you said before about watching yourself back, because you might think, oh, I put so much energy into it. And then you watch your back and you were like, just maybe a little bit more, but not much. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. bear that in mind. Yeah, I feel that sometimes with pace. And then when I watch it back, it wasn't pacey at all sometimes. So getting yeah. that feedback is really good. I couldn't agree more. It's not about being anybody else. It's just, it's more of that moment of we're on and having that that switch in your brain that says mm. we're on. I agree with nerves and excitement and that differentiation because it's the same physical, chemical, sort of neurological stuff that's that's going on. The difference is how we choose to interpret it. I spoke at a really large event and it wasn't long after COVID, you know, and everybody was getting out again and I'd sort of forgotten how to stand in front of a couple of hundred people and, and present. And I started to, to feel it and I just said, this is excitement. This is going to be great. It's because you're looking forward to it. It's because you've not done mm. this for so long. You're looking forward to seeing everybody. And I had to do that over and over again and then it, it sort of works. But I think, you know, practicing in many small ways it is really good so that when we do need it, we've practiced and we've, we've tried all of those. And I think the, the breathing out as well helps actually, doesn't it? For me, if I it focus does. on the out breath. Yeah. You know, from a biological sense, you're exhaling the carbon dioxide, and, and but also it just helps you relax and then you can breathe in another bit of air. And the other thing I would say is raise your soft palate. So again, we're getting a little bit technical here, but this is the back of your throat, the top of the throat. And quite often, if we're a little bit tense, we'll, we'll constrict our airways. And you'll know this if you breathe like this, like that, if you can hear that. But what you should do, if you're shocked or amazed at something, you'll probably go like this. And you should feel the coldness at the back of your mouth or your throat because the air's hitting that. And that's because you've raised the soft palate. And that just gives a much more open feeling as well. So think about that when, you, when you're speaking. And it also adds a little bit of resonance to your voice as well. So you don't sound like this. It's, it's a little bit more bright and exciting. Yeah. And some people have that lovely tone to their voice like that that radio tone you know I, I can't describe it I don't have it but I it's lovely to hear and how do you develop that because that really adds to leadership impact and presence and confidence and all of those things so there are radio voices that are too soothing so I know a few people like this who they're great on podcasts well even still I sometimes find myself 
this this would be great to fall asleep to. It's just so soothing and nice and relaxing like this, you know? And uh, you don't want to be like that. I, I do think the authenticity thing is important, but if some aspects of our voices that we might want to tone down just because it might be jarring or it might be difficult for people to understand. So I'm not talking about like, getting rid of your accent and, and speaking with, you know, traditional BBC Queen's English or anything like that. It's more that you need to just be aware of the people who are in the audience. And so it's just enunciating your words a little bit more. So it's the beginnings and endings of words. And, and also just thinking about the vowel sounds as well. So just enjoying all the syllables. So think about when you're speaking, what you could do, actually, this is something I, I do in singing, is just, for example, think of a, a phrase that you're going to be sharing in your in your presentation and then just slow it down and in, in, in elongate all the words. So, for example, the word tonight. How many syllables does that have, Joe? Tonight. The way you say it, it sounds like three, but it's two. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting you said that. I'm sorry to put you on the spot. So technically it's two, two night. But if we slow down, the two is is always going to be just one. But the night, night, it's what we call a diphthong. The vowel changes. It's eight, tonight. Mm -hmm. And so it's just being aware of the, the sound. You don't have to get too technical here, but just slow it down and just enjoy the sound and then start to speed it up. Uh, as well. And and that's going to really help with the, your diction and, and energy as well. It reminds me now, this is another blast from the past. Sorry, everybody. We're going back to the 80s. That's great. This. I love um, this. I'm having a, an 80s retro evening. <laughs> In the 80s, I was on Blockbusters. It's a TV quiz show that people in their late teens went on and you had to get from one side to the other and block the other team who were also trying to do the same. One was going up and down, the other one were going across. And the host of Blockbusters, who was Bob Holness, who in the UK, a lot of people will know that name, he did his warm-up before we were recording and he was, he was doing all these vocal exercises and then he could speak really quickly to camera. And I think actually that pace and that fast speaking is important. The number of people I know who say, I speed up a podcast, I watch it on 1.25 speed. I signed up for an online course, uh, something on Udemy the other day. And the, in the very first video that the presenter gave, he said, look, here's a productivity tip for you. You can watch this, you know, speed it up. Here's the button to watch it even faster if you can take the information in. So we do need a bit of pace, don't we? But we need clarity with that pace. And we all need all the intonation and interest and everything else. So we, we've got another thing in common, Joe, because we both met Bob Holness. Because I, really? I was doing a cello solo with the Oldham Youth Orchestra in London. And for some reason, Bob Holness was there with Radio 2 and he came up and interviewed me for it. I don't think it ever went out on the radio, but I was so, I was so like starstruck. I didn't know what to say. And, he said, and the, the first question was, what did you have for breakfast? Which I've since found out is they're just testing the microphone. Mm. And I just went, uh, uh, a sausage. <laughs> And it went downhill from then. Anyway, sorry, just a side, a side thing there, yeah. but that was quite funny. I, I love that story about, you know, the you know, doing those exercises. You know, most professionals do it. And so mm -hmm. it's something I think we should all do. The other thing I want to say is it does get easier. Am I still nervous? Was I a little bit nervous before I came on today? Yes. Am I as nervous as I was six years ago on my first live? No, nowhere near. I'm a lot more I, I know what to expect. And um, if things go wrong, I'm not as worried because 
I've realized that what's the worst that's going to happen? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Things go wrong all the time. Uh, so just keep doing it. Yeah. And that's really reassuring actually. And, and it is very authentic to, to watch, you know, you're being yourself, you're being yourself with your guests, they're being themselves. For people listening, do check out the Confident Live show on, you go live on, on YouTube and lots of different channels as well and LinkedIn. Also Facebook, I think, if I'm right. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and the podcast as well. So both the, the live show and the podcast are really, really good. You get so many tips and also some tips about the tech. So for people who are leaders of businesses, they're having to do business on Zoom and Teams and maybe do a short sales presentation or brief the team on something, talk to clients, those sorts of things. What sort of tips around tech can mm. you give that would just, you know, there's some small investments, but would just level up people's performance and, and what they're doing and what they're offering? Yeah. So you don't have to spend, you know, huge amounts of money here. I mean, you can do if you want, but I'm a big believer in bootstrapping your studio. And that's the first thing I said studio. So that might seem a little bit grand, but your studio might just be like a like a microphone and, and a camera, you know, just simple microphone and camera. That that's your studio. The first thing I would say is remove any resistance to creating professional looking content. And so, what did I do in order to get ready for this show today? I literally just pressed a button, my camera and my lights, everything is ready to go. So I don't have to worry about setting up my microphone and setting up my, my, my lights. If I did that, I probably wouldn't create content anywhere near as much as I do because I just want to get rid of any friction, any anything that gets in the way of me getting in front of the camera and looking professional. So that's the first thing. Just make sure that everything is there, ready to set up, that you don't have to worry about anything. The second thing I would think about, before you worry about your camera, just invest in a decent microphone because sound is the most important thing. Okay, camera is good because you want people to stop in the feed if you're going live or it's, or it's video. But if people can't hear you, it, they're going to switch off. If you've ever had a Zoom with somebody who, and it sounds like they're, they're, they're in the bath or something, it, it just it's echoey and, uh, and there's kids screaming in the background or, or whatever, or there's lots of wind noise, that's just no good. It doesn't need to be expensive. The one I, I tend to recommend to people is uh, it's made by a company called Samson, and that is like Samson and Delilah. So it's S-A-M-S-O-N, and it's the Q2U microphone. So it's a dynamic microphone. You have to be get quite close to it. And the reason I recommend that is because, because it's a dynamic microphone, it means that it's not going to pick up lots of sounds you know, from down the corridor or whatever. So invest in a, in a decent microphone, and then, it's, and then you can invest in a camera that's more, we could, we could probably spend a whole a whole uh, show talking about cameras, but start with audio, then think about camera. And then of course, the other thing is lighting. You could do it in front of the window if it's during the day, but uh, those of us living in the grim north of the UK, we don't, uh, we're not able to do that too, too much of the year, are we? So uh, maybe yeah. invest in some lights too. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be expensive. You've got a great gear guide actually on your website, haven't you? What I love about that is there are different 
budget options and different levels yeah. of of technical know-how needed. So there are literally things, if you like me, that you can take out of a box and plug in and they work for not much money. <laughs> and then there are things yeah. that, you know, you, you, you channel this through that and you have a deck of, of dials and things that you turn yeah. and that plugs yeah. into something else. So, you know, whatever your level of interest and budget and your technical expertise, there's something there. And what about things like talking to the camera rather than talking to the screen? Do you... Do you find that yes. people have to train themselves to oh, yeah. where they Absolutely. look and, and all of those things? Yeah. So I'm kind of cheating at the moment because I've, I'm actually using a teleprompter. So I'm actually looking at you at the moment, Joe. It's really easy for me, but that's more complicated setup. When I first started, I, I, I used, in fact, it was one of these uh, Logitech C920 webcams. And so, and this was uh, above the screen and it just looks really weird. It looks like I'm not engaged in the conversation because we want to see the whites of people's eyes. So what I did, so just a warning here, this is highly technical, okay? Highly technical. What I did is I got a piece of paper. I put a hole in it. I put three, the four red arrows towards the hole. And then guess what I did? I stuck my camera through the hole. That basically was it, it worked yeah. wonders because it forced me to look at the camera, not at you. And to begin with, it felt weird because we're programmed to look at other human beings. And the camera is this kind of inanimate object, isn't it? So you have to train yourself to look up towards the camera. Now, in our modern age, there are now some other pieces of gear that you can buy. You, there's this, you attach it to the top of your screen. And it allows you to put your camera in the middle of your screen, your Ooh. laptop screen. It's great in the sense that it stops you from having to look up. But the, the only problem with that is you're getting this camera is kind of in the way of your screen. And then if somebody's like sharing something on the screen, you can't see it. So I personally think you should just learn to just to program yourself to look up yeah. and um, and and that that's that's I, it took me probably about two or three weeks before I really got it. But in the end, I, I, it's, mm. it's fine. And people on their phones, because actually a phone is a good way to get started. You can, That's true. You can go live from your phone, can't you? I mean, your yep. phone's a brilliant piece of kit, so you don't have to buy anything. Actually, the microphones are quite good. The cameras are pretty good as well. Starting off with your phone is, is a really good way. There are some downsides. There are some things that you can't do if you're going live from your phone. But um, if you're just getting started off, it's a great way to get started. Yeah. And, you know, teleprompters look good as well. So I've just invested in one of those. It's all set up, but I've never used it. I haven't used it yet. It's a pretty recent addition. But I think for those things where you're doing something that's pre-recorded, particularly for me, and you spend so long trying to remember the things you're going to say and do so many takes trying to say the thing yeah. you're going to say. And it's important that it's right and it's concise and that it's phrased correctly. I think that'll be a time saver. So that's what I'm, I'm hoping. Definitely. It's so inexpensive and so easy. And it's actually quite interesting when you, well, maybe that's just me. It's quite interesting when you get into it as well, I think. But yeah, I think presenting, people have got into online and in meetings. What I've noticed is that people have got into bad habits of having their notes in front of them on the screen. And really, when they're doing a presentation, they're just reading out from the notes rather than actually being spontaneous and you know being rehearsed and practiced and prepared and all of those things that that's important mm. but don't just read off 
what you've got in front of you, ad lib around it, give yourself some prompts and some bullet points and things, but then add around it rather than just have your notes on the screen because you can tell when people are doing it. I was thinking they're just reading that out. They've got that on the screen and they're just reading all the, the thing. You know, mm. I've worked with clients who want to write everything out word for word, but it's so obvious that it's like, hello, my name is Ian Anderson Gray and today I am with Dr. Joe North. It, it sounds, I mean, I, I was just making it up, but I mean, it sounds like I'm reading. And so I think exactly what you say, Joe, what, what, if you're going to use a teleprompter or any notes, uh, and I do use a teleprompter, I just, so what I do is I put word for word, the first sentence and the last sentence, because often I, my mind goes blank and I forget, even forget who I am. So I'll just put like, hello, my name's Ian Anson Gray and blah, 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 just in case my brain goes to mush, but everything else are just bullet points. And to begin with, it feels like uh, a really scary thing, but it's actually really liberating oh. because you're using those points just as an aid memoir. You're, it's reminding you what you're going to say. And you already know that because you know your stuff. You do. You know your stuff. If, you, if you're going to be talking about something, you do. And if you don't, if your brain goes to mush, then don't worry about it. Go on to the next point and say, oh, I'm, I'm going to come back to that later. Go on to the next point because yeah. you're human and people understand that. But just put the bullet points. And that's what I do for all of my shows. I always put bullet points. If I've got guests on, I will put some questions. But often I, I will ditch the questions and I'll go on to the conversation. And you've got to, I think, do a bit of ad lib because it depends on the room that you're in either a physical room or the Zoom room or whatever it is, because you will start to gauge the energy. Some people might start falling asleep. And so you think, oh, I need to, I think I need to change tack here and do something interesting, exciting. And you can't do that if you've got word for word notes. You're going to carry on no matter what. And the whole place will be snoring away and you can't do anything about it. That's worse than writing bullet points. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And I think as well, sometimes I find that just getting the audience to do something as well, it's harder when we're here live. But I find that if I ask people to do something, and if I do that really early into the presentation, whether it's an in-person one or an online Zoom or Teams one, then that sort of settles me. So I'll ask them to do something. So I use a tool called Mentimeter and get people to poll or vote on something or you know, give me some feedback or put something in mm. the chat just to get them doing something. And that settles me down. It gets them into it. And then we've started that sort of dynamic relationship between the two of us. And then it feels to really yes. take off from there, you know, that, and doing that really early on. I, yeah. I love that, Joe. And, and I've just got a, just two quick things there. The other two tools that I think are really good is empathy. So empathizing with the people who are there, like, you know, say, say for example, you're speaking just after lunch, you know, just say, look, just had our dinner. We're pr pr probably all feeling a little bit tired. That's okay. We're going to get, you know, a little bit of empathy can sometimes be good. Also the elephant in the room. So the elephant in the room might be, I, I don't know what it is, but there might be something that's really obvious that, and people are feeling a bit kind of uncomfortable, but you're just like letting it all out. So look, uh, yes, I, I've spilt coffee all down my top. Uh, it's okay, you know, <laughs> whatever it is, you know. So I think that's important just to make everyone feel comfortable. You want people to feel comfortable. Yeah, you do. And it's about being engaging and people can tell when you want to deliver value and you want to be helpful and share your knowledge. I went to a very large 
conference overseas. Every all the speakers were amazing, and the ones that were even more amazing than the others. There, there was one person who was there in trainers, old jeans, and a jumper, and the value was incredible. The engagement. She really wanted to connect with the audience and give as much value in you know and answer as many questions in, in that time as she possibly could and was so generous, she went down an absolute storm. And then in contrast to somebody else who was super polished, looked incredible, looked fantastic, but everything was behind a paywall. Yes, you can find out more about this if you sign up for that, and if you sign up for this, and here's a QR code to pay so much money to get all of this information or whatever. And that didn't go down so well at all. So it's not about what you look like or how polished you are, it's really about the value that you want to bring and the difference that you know you want to make. And do you really want to help the people yeah. and, and share and communicate with them? That's the most important thing, isn't it? It's the Maya Angelou thing. The words won't be quite correct, but people will forget what you said and did, but they never forget how you made them feel. It's very counterintuitive, isn't it? Because you, mm. you kind of think like if, you, you know, we're all a little bit selfish, you know, we, if we're really honest, in, we want people to, to buy our stuff. But is the best way to go on stage and say, I'm only going to give you my stuff if you first sign up to and pay me lots of money? Okay, fair enough. But if you're going to gain people's trust, I don't know whether we're talking about the same conference in the US, but the yeah. conference that I, I've been to, it's very much taught that speakers should be like servants. We're here to serve and it's building trust. And I really felt that when I was there, when I was speaking there, that there was no them and us. The speakers were part of the crowd. And, and I just loved those questions. And I loved able the ability to serve the people who were coming. And that builds trust. And over time, I think that's the best way to grow a business is through that. Um, because then those people who see you and see you see the authentic you and see that all the stuff that you are giving, the value, what are they going to do about that? They're not just going to sign up. They're going to tell their friends about it. Oh, do you, have you have you heard of Joe North? She's she's amazing. She's such an authentic person. She's so generous. You need to you need to go and sign up for her stuff because she's amazing. You're going to start to build a fan base of people who just love you because you were so kind to them. So I, I'm a big believer in that. And it makes you feel really good if you've genuinely helped somebody out a bit today. And that could just yeah. be that they're feeling a bit better about going to a meeting or the facilitation or whatever. Yeah. Or for you, they go, you know, they're starting to go live and they're building the confidence and they're doing some cracking stuff. Well, look, Ian, I've learned so much from you over, I'm trying to remember how many, it was pre-COVID. So I reckon it was 2019 or just around about there that you and I first met. Thank you for all the, the support you've given me. And I'm sure there are people who would love to get in contact with you. So what's the best way for them to connect and get in touch and find out more and access all your great stuff? Because you've got loads of brilliant free resources, haven't you? Oh, thanks, Joe. Yeah, well, look, uh, my website is probably the best place to go to. IAG.me. I've got a podcast. I've also, this is exciting, it's kind of hot off the press. I'm one of 35 or 36 authors for this new book by Mark Schaefer. It's called The Best Marketing Book Ever. So you can find out more about that at iag.me forward slash book. And I'd love to just connect with me on the socials. I have carelessly scattered myself across pretty much all of the socials. I'm not really very active on TikTok, but other than that, I'm around. So do get in touch and I'd love to speak with you. Right. So Ian, thank you so much. You've been absolutely brilliant, given loads of value. And I know that there's a lot more and, and thanks for all the support. Thanks Ian. Bye for now. Bye. 
Thank you for tuning in to the Idea Time Show, brought to you by Dr. Joe North. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel and access more completely free resources at bigbangpartnership.co.uk forward slash resources. We'll see you next time.